<laughs> you were out practicing. No idea what you're going to say, so I'm a little concerned. You were out practicing on Lake Darnell, and there was a guy within talking distance to you, and he goes, hey, man, is your trolling motor broke? And you said, nope. And he goes, well, why are you sitting like that? And you looked at him and said, because I have no legs. And said you could you know, physically see this guy shrink on the front deck of his boat. Hey, welcome to episode two of the Hunter Fishes podcast. Today I've got Chris Williams with me at Blazer Boats. We're going to talk a little fishing, a little boats, a little NASCAR maybe. I don't know, life in general. So uh, thanks for coming, Chris. Glad to have you. Uh, glad to be here, Hunter. I appreciate the opportunity. Man, we, uh, you know, we've known each other a long time. I'm probably going to ask you some questions I already know the answers to, but I'd like, you know, our listeners to know a little more about who and who you are and what you're all about. So tell us a little bit about what you do right now. Well, um, I'm the, uh, one of the regional sales reps for Blazer Boats. Um, you know, I've been going on six years of doing this. It was a, it was a thing. I had a passion for Blazer Boats. I was a Blazer Boat owner. And, you know, I, I, I knew more about the boat than the general public knew. Um, Blazer in the past was a high-performance boat. It was very fast, handled well. And, uh, but it wasn't the best riding boat and, you know, the fishing market tournament market kind of went to a wider boat. Um, blazer for a long time was still a narrow boat. So people always, when you mentioned blazer, they thought of our old boats. They didn't know what the new boats were. So I set out, I contacted Keith Kraft and, uh, talked to him about becoming a rep. Um, and he gave me that opportunity. My goal for Blazer Boats was to make everybody else aware of what I already knew. That it was one of the best all-round platforms on the market. And I knew I was going to have an uphill battle. But that's kind of, you know, what intrigued me the most because I'm a, I'm a very driven person who likes a challenge. And so I started out with Blazer in 2017. And my goal was to put every single person that I could get to ride in that boat in that boat. Whether they were ready to buy a boat yet or not, I wanted them to know what the boat was. That way, when people talk about Blazer, they knew what people were talking about. And, uh, you know, my first year, I can remember getting up in the morning, driving eight hours just to give a guy a ride in a boat because he wanted to know what the boat was. You know, and uh, some people thought I was crazy. Well, you know, the guy's not ready to buy a boat. Why, why are you doing this? Because... When his buddy's ready to buy a boat, he's going to tell him, look, man, I rode in one of those blazers, and it's an awesome ride. You need to go check them out. And so I started out by doing that in 2017, 2018, and we just started growing. The more people got in the boat, the more people that loved them. Um, goes back to, you know, our conversation. You know, I was talking to you, and I said, look, just do me a favor. Before you buy your next boat, just go for a ride. And I remember after our ride, couple weeks later you called me and you were like hey i want to order a boat i was kind of shocked because i didn't expect that but you had told me you weren't expecting to like the boat because you had been in an old one and then you got in that one and you actually fell in love with the boat and uh you know that's history you know we here we are now five years later four boats later you're getting ready to roll out in your new blazer boat for 2023 um but that was my goal and and what i've learned 
from all the demo rides and all the hours I put in these boats is 95% of the people I put in the boat fall in love with it. And when you have, you know, that kind of rate, you know, that, that kind of percentage rate of people liking your product, the more people you get in them, then the more successful you're going to be. Um, Blazer had gotten to the point where it was mainly a, it was mainly a bay boat company that built a few bass boats where it started the opposite. In 2017, when I started, we built 13 bass boats. Um, this year, I think we're tracking around 140 bass boats, but we've been held back a little bit too due to motor and parts availabilities. Um, we're hoping to be able to really step that up a little bit more this next year and continue to grow, but that's still in the last five years, that's a large growth percentage on the bass boat side. And, you know, I put that to hard work from myself, our team back at Blazer, and from our pros, you know, our pros have been great for us. You know, we have a, we have a small pro staff and I tell people I want to keep it that way because I hand select every single person that goes on that to be able to represent an area that we need, you know, say a Jason Lambert, everybody knows Jason's going to drive his boat to the bitter end of everything. Um, he's a lot like me. And then you have people, you know, like Cody Meyer, you know, he come out of a Ranger. He loves having a performance boat and being able to go fast, but he's not going to hang it out the way Jason is. But he has a different group of people following him, being West Coast, a big spotted bass guy. So we built this team to attract a lot of different people to a lot of different areas of the country to our product. I was actually thinking about this the other day. The, the pro staff, it, like you said, it's small, but it's... It's pretty stacked, it's, and then the one Cummins we're bringing a lot with him, but it's it's a very stacked staff for what you have. Well, we have three record holders on our small team: uh, Dean Rojas, Cody Meyer, and Jason Lambert. Uh, Dean, uh, you know, did the deal with the the big bag many years ago. The I believe 40, 45 two maybe. Yeah, I think it was something like that. Sandy Cooper. It was Sandy Cooper or Tobo. I can't remember now at this maybe point. Maybe Tobo. I apologize, Dean. I had to look back. Um, and then Cody Meyer, you know, world record spotted bass holder. And Jason Lambert, Century Club, holding the largest margin of victory in a four-day event ever. It's like 28 pounds and some chain. Um, so we have some large, you know, some some world record holders on there. It's a small team. It's very stacked. We have we have some absolute hammers on our team. And then, you know, we have you that come on and, and won the Toyota Series this year for us. Um, that's been great. Spencer Sheffield won the uh, title championship this year on the pro circuit. Um, there's a there's a few other tournaments that have been won that can't be discussed yet because of because of uh, television stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been a great year for, for Blazer Boats, but we put together the right team, the right people. For sure. And, and you know, a family-owned business and and you treat it like family and it makes it well 100 percent um our pros when they come in they're not just pro staff they become part of the blazer family um you know we have uh t-roy broussard just been on swamp people a lot of people don't realize t-roy used to fish the flw tour he fishes the bass opens now um that's one of the things that he constantly talks about is man i love being part of this family because it is a family. We communicate often. Uh, we have great relationships. We take care of each other. If somebody needs something, some someone on that team is there to help them. And, you know, it's a family-owned business. We run our pro staff as a family. They become a family. 
and I just feel that makes us stronger by by continuing down that road. For sure, for sure. So you know, fast boats, blazers are fast. You come from another world of fast. Yeah. What was your previous life? Uh, I spent 14 years in NASCAR as a NASCAR uh, pit crew member. So, um, you know, I was in a little bit better shape back then, a little bit younger back then. but A little quicker maybe back then? You know, I can be quick for a short mm -hmm. amount of time now. Um, I may have been a little quicker back then, but I know I could definitely do it a lot longer than I can now at my age. But, uh, yeah, I was the crazy guy that jumped out in front of a moving car with a with the 85 pound tire and ran and did pit stops. Um, I guess you could say I'm a little bit of an adrenaline junkie and, uh, you know, spent 14 years doing that. Finally, uh, age 35, I was just, you know, it's, it's time to hang it up and, and do something else in life. And once I, I stopped doing that, I, I didn't have anything to compete at. And so for about a year, I was really lost. Um, I didn't know what to do in life. I didn't know what direction to go because Every day in my life, I had been competitive for 14 years. So I decided to buy me a bass boat. I hadn't bass fished in 14 years. Um, a lot of stuff had changed in electronics and baits. You know, we were throwing a little uh, a little seven inch worm when I quit, and now they're throwing you know 10 and 12 inch worms. And I'm like, man, what's going to eat that? Um, so I had a lot of learning to do. And then uh, a buddy of mine called me one Tuesday when I was at work and said, Hey, man, my partner's got bronchitis and he can't fish the Tuesday night tournament tonight would you fish it with me? It's like, man, I was like, well, I haven't fished a tournament since 1997. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll go do it with you. And I found that thing that I'd been missing for the last year. I found that competition. And, uh, gosh, I guess at that point I started fishing 16, 18 local tournaments a year, night tournaments and fishing every day and just kind of got ate up with it because that was the missing piece. And, uh, the last couple of years, we've had some, between the growth of business and some some family things, I haven't gotten to fish as much as I've wanted to, um, but I'm I'm seeing that change for 2023. I'm, I'm pretty excited for this next year. Um, you know, we're starting off the Toyota Series, starting off at Grand Lake, which uh, I was at Grand Lake last year. Uh, last day of practice, I got a really bad phone call. My mother was in ICU, and I had to leave. And at that point, all my points were gone, and I just kind of backed away for the year and, and, and dealt with the loss of my mother and and everything my family was going through. And uh, I'm pretty excited to start at Grand Lake, where I stopped last year, um, and, and get this thing rolling. I'm going to Kentucky Lake. It's not what it used to be, but got a lot of history on that lake. Um, it's, uh, it's one of my favorite places in the country, and I think that lake's going to surprise people this year because it's really really making a comeback it's a it's a good time what time of year is it we're going at the end of april so it, it could be a be, mix you know it'll be ledge fish and it, it could be ledge shallow is it yeah yeah you could the shallow bar fish out wide or you could be up flipping bushes so i think it's gonna be an interesting tournament to see how it's won and who wins it because really i think you're gonna be able to fish your strengths in that tournament and be successful and uh my strength's definitely not flipping bushes so so i'm uh, i can do it but i i'd prefer to be out there you know staring at a big body of water and and, and fishing those ledges me too not really <laughs> <laughs> oh oh what do you think it'd take to win that one three days is it gonna take 60 i i think it's gonna be close 52 i'm at 52 52 54 
you know, people are probably going to look at this this podcast and go, man, them guys are crazy. But, you know, I've got a buddy of mine. He's He's been smashing them out there the last couple of weeks. The fish are really coming back. The big fish are still in that lake. Um, you don't have the big schools that you used to have, so they're just harder to find. But they're there. And uh, I, I think you're going to see some big bags that are going to surprise a lot of people. Um, buddy of mine weighed in 28 pounds last weekend. That's that's biggins. Yeah. What uh where do they go from there? I can't remember. Do they go to the Ozarks after the Lake the Ozarks in September. Be tough. Be tough, but um I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Still take what, forty eight, twenty in probably, forty five? Um, I think you're gonna be forty four, somewhere in that range. Forty four, forty five. Somebody's gonna catch a big back on day one as usual and then things are gonna get tough, pressure. Etc. We're following the bass bass opens up from the week there the week before us, so I think that's going to play into it. I think a guy's going to need a 14, 14 pound a day average at least. Be, yeah, that have you right there at the end of it anyway. Mm-hmm. All right, I got to ask. I asked this on another episode. What, what does it take to be? I don't know if I asked this exact same, but what does it take to be a well-rounded good fisherman? It takes more than just being able to skip a jig. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is is understanding what the fish do every year. You know, um, I think there's certain people that that are hot during certain times of the year, and it's because they understand what the fish are doing where they're at at that time of the year, and they focus on it and they're confident in it. But then after that, I think they they lose at that point because they don't understand where the fish went and what the fish are doing and what it takes to catch the fish. So to be a well-rounded angler, the number one thing I would say is you've got to learn to understand fish. Would you say time on the water? Time on the water, 110. Hard work. Um, Stephen Browning told me that back in 2011, 2012. He said there is no substitute for time on the water. And I can attest to that because, like I said, the last couple of years, I have not had time on the water Man, there's days, you know, I spent three to five days a week on Lake Hamilton for 10 years. And there's days now that I'll go over there and I kind of feel a little lost just starting out because I haven't had that time on the water. Your phone never rings or anything while you're fishing, does it? Oh, no, no. <laughs> I get, uh, I don't know, I get about 125 phone calls a day. So I know I've rode to Pensacola and back to Arkansas with you and you never hung the phone up. Yeah, except never, between calls. Never had a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, hey, that's a good thing. That means we're doing something right out there in this world. Uh, you know, for, for my phone to ring that much, um, that means uh, business is good. That's right. So between NASCAR and fishing and just overall life, you know, you want to you want to put in, you don't want the participation trophy. You want to put in the hard work to earn what you do. Do you see that carryover from both those sports? 100%, um, especially from NASCAR. You know, uh, a lot of people don't know, but when I was 17 years old, I signed a delayed entry form to become a United States Marine. That was something I was very proud of. Got a little trouble at home and uh, had to move out of the house, and things changed in my life, and I did not get to become a United States Marine. When I went into NASCAR, I learned why there were so many successful veterans in NASCAR is it's run a lot like the military. I mean, you have a job to do. If you don't do your job right, then someone could hit, get hurt. 
Um, so you, you learn to do everything the best you can do every day. And, you know, I think that makes it hard for my children sometimes because I, I expect a lot out of people, but I don't people, know. people may not know you've got like 18 kids at the house, right? <laughs> we have a large blended family. We have five kids. I've got two in college, 24 and 21. And then we've got the littles as we call them. We've got, uh, eight, 10 and 11 at the house. Um, you know, so yeah, we have a large family and, and I expect a lot out of my children. My son's 21 and, you know, I remember looking at my wife one day, I said, boy, I really messed up with this kid. She said, what do you mean? I said, I spoiled him too much. I said, he's, he, I'll probably support him when he's 50. You know, uh, he's never going to be anything. The kids, he's just not going to make it. And to my surprise, it, it, it the switch flipped, and I'm very proud of him. Uh, he's a hard worker. He, he goes to college full-time. He works 45, 50 hours a week. Um, he's doing well in life, and I'm, I'm proud of that. And and he gives me a lot of the credit. Um, I'm not one to try to take credit, but I expect a lot out of people in general. I don't, after 14 years of having, you know, you have to be perfect. Every week, you have to be perfect to be successful in NASCAR. Um, one bad race can completely ruin your year. So I guess after 14 years of that, I expect a lot out of people. Um, I expect common sense, which is not the greatest thing in this world right now. That'd uh, be hard to expect uh, for most. But I expect people just to stop and look at what they're doing and do it right. And, uh, and you know, the guys at the plant, sometimes they love me, sometimes they don't. You know, uh, there's always growing pains, and you've got new people coming in and training up. And and, and sometimes, I guess, I'm, I'm that person. I'm kind of straight to the point. So sometimes I can be harsh. Uh, I don't mean anything negative by it, but that's just who I am because of the sports that I've been in and, and, and what I've done in my life. And, you know, at the end of the day, I feel a sense of accomplishment at everything I've done because I know I've given it my all 100% every day of my life. Um, there's never a time where I can, I look back and go, well, I should have tried harder because I'm that one. I'm going to, I'm going to give it more and don't tell me I can't do something because I'm going to work that much harder just to prove you wrong. And so my kids, you know, and my wife, they, sometimes I think they want to run me out of the house and say, go travel, give us a break because I am, you know, I do expect a lot, but I expect a lot because I feel if, if I can show you what I've done with my life being at the time a Tennessee farm boy that really had nothing in life plan that had to go figure it out I've become a pretty successful person and all my success is due to drive and and honestly the the people in NASCAR that took me under their wings and and taught me the things they taught me not only about the sport but about life and about how to carry yourself um, you know, I believe in integrity and I believe you give everything you've got to everything you do. Cause if you're not willing to give it all, then you shouldn't try it all. Absolutely. No, that is definitely the way to live life on anything you're doing. Yep. 100%. What, uh, so what's next for blazer for Chris? Well, we have a, we have a special boat coming out for 2023 and, uh, it kind of goes back to what I did when I was 17 years old signing uh signing to be a marine um and it goes back to there's three people that were really the inspiration behind that um a good friend of ours israel mills 
um, United States uh, Air Force veteran. Uh, another friend of ours, Sean Braun, a United States Marine Corps veteran. And then, then another gentleman, uh, Eric Reinker. Uh, Eric was a Marine veteran. They're all disabled vets. And uh, have a lot of conversations with those guys. Um, get to hear what they've done to protect our freedoms and to allow us to do what we do each and every day. And looking at some of the things going on in our world today, I, uh, I was one day just sitting there thinking, I was like, man, we're blessed. But what do we do for those guys that made it possible for us? There's not a lot we do. Our veterans get forgotten about in a lot of different places in this country, and we don't do a lot for them. And I sat there and I thought, I was a sleepless night, and I came up with an idea, and I called our owner the next morning, and I said, hey, I've got an idea I want to run by you. If it's not something you want to do, then I understand. I said, but I think it's the best idea to ever hit the industry. No one's ever done this. So I run it by him, and he goes, I like the idea. I think it's a good idea. He said, figure it out, put it on my desk. So at that point, I started figuring it out. Through my processes of research, I found out there's a lot of people out there that say they do for veterans that do less for veterans than they do for themselves. And unfortunately, that is true. Those were the ones that uh, we didn't want to be involved in. Because at the end of the day, like I said, Blazer's a family. And we, everyone we do business with, we want it to be a family deal. So finally, after talking to the veterans and researching these companies, I found the one. And the company is called Disabled American Veterans, the, uh, DAV. They are the original company that set out to, to help veterans. I want to say in 1929, somewhere around there after World War I. And uh, so they've been around a long time. I reached out to, to those people, and, and a young lady named Dorothy called me back, and I told her what I wanted to do. Um, I think it kind of shocked them at first because somebody's wanting to do something for them. And... Uh, yeah, there are some great companies that do support them, not to take away from those, but not in not the way that we're doing it. So what we came up with for 2023, 14 months after starting this project, we had the first one that we're going to release for 2023, uh, which is my boat, which is a Disabled American Veterans Special Edition. Um, we're making this boat special. Um, it's got a, well, you know, it's got an American flag windshield on it. It's got an American flag hydro-dip uh, uh, mount on the front that uh, Bass Boat Technology stepped up, provided. Um, the boat comes in a Patriot color, which is mine, which is navy blue white, and white with red pin lines. Which is very pretty. I, I was with Thank you. You mixed it up. I, I'll, I was really nervous. When you do blue and red together, if you don't get the right shades... It can kind of look hideous. And I've been nervous, you know, every every time they talk about my boat, I'm like, hey, how's it looking? How's it looking? Oh, it looks good. Oh, man, I was really nervous about it. But it turned out I'm really excited about it. I've had some beautiful boats, but uh, this one here just is special. Um, we're going to have other colors for to match the logos of each branch of the military. They're not logoed with that branch, but the colors match their logos. So a Marine Corps wants to order a boat, and he doesn't want the Patriotic red, white, and blue. He wants to support his Marine colors. 
Then we have a red boat with a black Z stripe and gold pins. Um, Air Force guys, we call it Navy, but it's more of a Royal Air Force blue. Um, it's going to be Navy blue with silver pin lines. And then the Navy color is Navy blue with yellow pin lines, a blue angel theme. Uh, Army is white gel coat, black gel coat, and yellow gel coat pins, uh, which matches the, the Army logo. And then Coast Guard, I couldn't quite squeeze an orange, but it's going to be white with a, with a bright red and, and blue, uh, navy blue pins on it as well. So we're giving color options in this because not everybody's going to want the, the red, white, and blue boat. And we want to have as many opportunities to sell this boat to support the veterans. Um, with DAV... Make sure I get my numbers right here. I believe it's $1 donation to DAB equals $40 worth of benefits for a disabled veteran. Through all the discounting and pro, you know, and programs that they have with the providers, they're able to turn $1 into $40. Every DAB special edition boat we sell, we're donating $1,000 to DAB, which will turn into $40,000 worth of benefits. I was going to say, my mouth isn't math isn't real good, but that's $40,000. That's four. $40,000 per boat. Um, boat, as we're recording this, hasn't been released yet. We'll be releasing it here in the next couple weeks. Um, I already have nine on pre-order. Really? My goal was a minimum of 10, but I think after seeing the boat and the reaction from some of the veterans and, and people we've actually shared it with, um, you know, I think we can do 15 or 20. Um, we want to do a tournament for where the a pros draw out with the disabled veteran it possibly is one through a drawing or something and be able through sponsors to have a tournament and and that veteran win some some life-changing money but i'll be honest with you i don't think i can make it happen for 2023 um, my plate it just seems like it just gets fuller just grind a little harder I don't know if there's anything else to grind for 23. Um, what I, you know, somebody asked me the other day, said, what about the tournament? And I looked at him and I said, man, I got to have some help. <laughs> I, I've got to have some help because a tournament is a, you've run them, I've ran them. Um, it's a lot of work that goes into a bass tournament. People don't realize that they show up, pay their entry fee, go catch some fish, throw on a scale, get a check and go home. And they think that's all it is. But there's a lot of behind the scenes that go into a tournament. And the larger the tournament, the more work it is. Um, you know, we've had one uh, one town in Texas step up and say, hey, we want you to bring the tournament here. We'll help support you. But at the end of the day, I'm only one person. And, you know, everybody, you know, our marketing people and everything, Blazer, they've got their normally normal daily jobs that they have to do. They can help some too, but not to the extent that I think that we're ready to do this. And you start throwing some big money at it, it's going to be pretty overwhelming just to people wanting to show up and fish. Well, it's going to be limited to Blazer pros and pro staff. So uh, our national pros like you, Lambert, and all those guys will be there. And then dealer pro staff guys throughout the country. You know, a lot of our dealers, I have, you know, one or two pro staff guys that they work with. We would limit it to those guys. Um gives us a little more control there's a lot of liabilities and everything else involved um and that's how many veterans will get to draw for it um and then of course the pros they won't they're just donating their time 
uh, because they want to. They want to be a part of it. Um, all the proceeds and winnings will go to veterans. And it's it's a big picture thing. Um, I think I can maybe make it happen for 24. Um, so I've got a little over a year to work on that. Now that I've got this going, um, you know, the DAV program I thought would take us three or four months. And through all the legalities, designs, and, and everything else, it's taken us 14 months. So... So maybe 25 on the tournament. Well, I'm thinking, you know, we, we've got this going now. That piece of the puzzle's going. Uh, uh, we got a couple details to finish up. But once that program's going, then that's off of my back. And that's going to free me up to start working on the next portion of this. So hopefully in 2024, we will have the tournament. Um, and at that point, you know, we don't make a big deal out of it. You know, I want these visitors to go across the stage like you guys do and feel what you guys feel when the crowd's down there cheering them on. They deserve that. They deserve to be put on a stage and put on a pedestal because what they have done for us allows us to do what we're doing right now. I mean, our freedoms are protected by our military. And without that, we wouldn't be the country we are. We wouldn't be doing the things that we do. And in everyday life, the hustle and bustle, the rat race, we forget that. As a country, as a whole, we forget that. Yeah, we get busy and we just forget that, you know, and some people just don't know it. Some people think that you're just born into this country and, and freedom is just free. But freedom's not free. Somebody's blood is shed for our freedoms. And these guys deserve to be put up on this pedestal. And it's the least that we can do to do this. So, um, already has some big companies that, that want to get behind and sponsor it because they want to be a part of supporting our veterans too. Um, so I think it's, I know it's going to be a great thing. I just, I think I can pull it off in 24 and that's, that's what I'm going to shoot for. Um, you know, it, it's, it's exciting. A lot of sleepless nights thinking about it. And, uh, you know, other than you and a couple friends, the only people that seen that boat to this day has been veterans. And it's just been, hey, man, I want you to show you what we're going to do for you guys. That's awesome. I was just nosy and went to the plant and saw it. <laughs> yeah. You just, got to, you just got to watch it come all the way back to Arkansas. Um, but it's going to be a great program. And I encourage other companies out here, get involved. DAV is an absolutely amazing group of people. They're the most humble people out there in, in the world. And it's, I can't remember the exact number, but... Like 96% of all donations make it to the veterans. They're not, that's incredible. They're not eating up all the money up here and making these big salaries and going on these lavish vacations and everything on your money. They're getting it to the veterans. And what made one of the things that really finished off making DAB my choice was I was talking to Eric and he had to go the, to the VA for, for some appointments. Um, he lives in Illinois. The closest one is over by St. Louis, a couple hour drive. He's got a fuse back. He's got fuse necks, just come through these surgeries. He really can't drive and do it right now on his own. And DAV was coming to pick him up the next day to take him to make sure he got to his VA appointment. And I was like, man, that's pretty awesome. That is. And he's like, man, it, they're a big help. And, uh, so that's the that's the people you get behind. There's there's a few other good ones out there that I've that I've seen. Uh, I hear great things about Tunnels Tower, and uh, uh, Gary Sinise's program that he has. You know, that's uh, 
you know, that's it. It's been, it's been great, but, and there's a few of them out there. I'll just recommend before you donate, research them. Absolutely. I, you know, I've been in nonprofit world a lot and it's, there's like one good one to every 10 that aren't that great. seems like, so it, uh, you definitely need to do your research before you pick any of them. Yeah. It seems like the more marketing and advertising they do, that's the one you have to watch the most because they're doing all that marketing and advertising to get more donations so they can live more lavishly. Uh, it's the ones you've never heard of. They're doing work. The ones you've never heard of or you heard less of are the ones that are really helping our veterans. Um, that's just like, uh, uh, Sean Braun, you know, for these guys, when they get out of the military, for them to get all their stuff filed, their paperwork filed, it's a lot harder than what it should be for them guys. And uh, Sean had been trying for five or six years to get his stuff done. And all the loopholes, he, you know, you got to do this point, you got to do this, you got to do that. Well, he's trying to hold down a job and feed his family. So he can't make all of them. And one day he's like, man, you know, I, I've been trying to get this done. I can't get it done. I said, well, tell you what, you call this lady right here at DAB and she'll help you get it done. And um, he contacted me last week and he said, man, that's the greatest thing I've ever done. And he's like, you know, have somebody assigned to my case. They're working on my case. They're helping me with these forms. He said, you know, just in a matter of, you know, while I've been fighting for five years, he said in a matter of two months, I've met with this person. We've got everything started. Everything's filed. He said, and I haven't had to do hardly any of the work. They picked it all up for me. You know, um, they just, they do those great things. And there's so many veterans out there that, look, these guys are proud. They're proud of who they are and they have a right to be. But, and, and they don't like to, uh, they don't like to ask for things because they are proud of who they are. Right. But they're in the situation they're in because of what they did for us. And there's not enough of us going out, hey, let's help you. So, you know, if you're out there and you're a disabled veteran and, and you need help with anything um, as far as the VA or, or your benefits or anything like that, my suggestion is is pick up the phone and call DAV. I've seen it work firsthand with a couple of friends of mine, and uh, and they will help you get your get your paperwork filed and get you the benefits that you deserve. And we're gonna do everything we can to sell as many boats as we can. That's right. To help you guys get to where you need to get to get these benefits. And to clarify, the boats aren't just for military. No, anybody can buy these boats. We want everybody to buy these boats because at the end of the day. You're doing something great uh, to help our veterans. You know, there's there's been different programs in the marine industry where they gave a you know if you had your uh, your discharge paperwork you could get a you know, discount fifteen hundred dollars etc. But after talking to veterans, you know these boats run anywhere from eighty five to one hundred five thousand dollars depending on what you put on a boat. Of course, it's what what makes it so expensive. But if a veteran can afford to pay that. What I have learned is he would rather pay the $1,500 extra and know that his brothers and sisters who can't afford it get benefit from it. That's right. And so that's why we chose to go through the path of instead of giving that guy the discount, we're giving that, we're passing that on along to the people who can't afford it. That's awesome. So by the time everybody sees this, you know, it'll be out. Do they just go to their dealers and say, hey, I want to, you you contact a your local blazer dealer and tell them that you're interested in a in a DAB blazer bass boat, and those guys will uh, they will get you taken care of. 
If they don't, I'm easy to find them on social media. This dude's everywhere on social media. <laughs> uh, they, uh, I get contacted on a, on a daily basis from people who need help, uh, interested in blazer or have a blazer they need some help with. Just shoot me a message, um, and I will respond to you just as soon as I see it or as soon as the wheels start rolling on on that ram sitting out there. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get you taken care of. Like I tagged you twice last night and stuff because I didn't know the answers to it. Yep, yep, I seen them pop up. So <laughs> we're working on helping those helping those people out. So we've known each other a long time. I don't even remember. When did we meet? Um, I think the first time I ever met you in person was like 2015 at uh, Dardanelle for Costa Series event. I was traveling with Evan and, and those guys. And we were there at the uh, pre-tournament meeting, and that was like the funniest moment, I think, of my life. You were telling a story. You were out practicing. No idea what you're going to say, so I'm a little concerned. You were out practicing on on Lake Dardanelle, and there was a guy within talking distance to you. And he goes, hey, man, is your trolling motor broke? Uh And you said, nope. And he goes, well, why are you sitting like that? And you looked at him and said, because I have no legs. And said you could... You know, physically see this guy shrink on the front deck of his boat. The funny thing about that story is on day two, I was fishing co-anglers. Day two, I drew out this roommate, and as we're idling by you, I said, good luck, Hunter, man. Have a, you know, be safe. And he looks at me and goes, oh, man, my buddy has been sick at his stomach for the last two days. And I said, let me guess. He asked him if his trolling motor was broke. And he's like, how'd you know? I said, that's what we were all laughing at at the pre-tournament meeting. He's like, are you serious? I said, yeah, Hunter thought it was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> so this guy had tortured himself for two days and didn't realize that he was kind of the butt end of the joke for everybody. <laughs> well, you know, and I told all my buddies afterwards, I was like, I started telling him I was sight fishing. That's like all I wanted to do is tell him I was sight fishing in 15 feet of muddy water. and But I didn't because I didn't know him, so I wasn't going to mess with him too much. And come find out the guy that was with him that day, he kept telling him he must be looking at a fish. He must be side fishing or he's down there low like that. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah, I remember he was like, what? Well, why would you be on the ground? I'm like, man, as tall as I get. <laughs> yeah, so that was, uh, that's the last, that was the first time I remember meeting you in person. And then after that, you know, through social media and stuff, we kind of stayed in contact. And, and then I drug you into a blazer boat. I believe when you called me about that boat, you said you need to come and drive one. I said, Chris, I felt like I was going to die last time I was in Blazer. Yep, yep. And you said, no, they've changed. I was like, I vowed I'd not die in a boat, and I'm not getting back in a Blazer. And you said, no, they've changed. And it, uh, yeah, they have changed immensely. And the, and the old boats were good boats. They were, just they were, they just fast and unstable. They were, they were designed for those little rivers in Alabama and things like that. Go fast, fast you can. You're not in big water. Um, and I tell people all the time, look, they were fast. They handled great. But if you got in big water, it, it was going to be rough. And, uh, yeah, I tell people all the time, oh, I've been in a blazer before. Well, do me a favor for you to have ever been in one. And like, this is that much different. That's what you tell me after the ride. And, uh, so, you know, they have come a long way. And, and I remember you, you saying that. And I remember, you know, I run you down like Hamilton and then you want to drive it. And I was like, oh. <laughs> He doesn't have any legs, and then he have fingers on that other hand. He's not using a hot foot, and we're going to run 80 mile an hour. And I was kind of thinking, Lord, be with me. But after that trip, I was like, man, 
he can handle his boat pretty good, you know. And uh, after being in the boat several times with you, you know, you can drive a boat. People don't realize that people ask me all the time, so, man, how's Hunter do it? I said, sits in the seat and hammers down. <laughs> yeah. Hold on tight. Um, and, and I can remember, you know, back during the COVID times when we were all just barely fishing anything and you got a, uh, there was a tournament and you got together, I think down on the river and, and I went and fished it with a buddy out of a different brand boat that wasn't as fast. And we were headed out down the river and I looked back and it looked like a, a lawn dart coming down through everybody. And I was like, man, that's gotta be Hunter. And you drove off quickly from us. You were flying and, uh, people asked me all the time. They're like, man, how's he driving? I said, why don't I said 80 mile an hour, hopefully. <laughs> so, um, but you know, I think we've built a great relationship over the years between fishing and blazer boats and, and just, uh, our faith and, and our families, you know, I'm still apologizing because your wife is such an honorary person to live with, but, uh, <laughs> well, you're not telling me anything, but I still love her, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's been a great friendship, and that goes back to the Blazer family thing. You know, we're a family, and then once you become part of our family, then, you know, it's it's like true family. Friendships yeah. evolve from that. Um, no matter how busy we get, we're always there to help each other. That drive, and, you know, and something I learned about you, and, I mean, technically, you were my boss. You have, <laughs> you know, you have been through since 2019. It, I mean, you're you're the one over the pro staff, and... But it's not like it. It's never been like that. And something that you told me a long time, I don't remember what we were doing, but you're like, if I tell somebody I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I don't care what it takes. And and that's something, you know, that you've always held to. There's You've never told me you were going to do something that didn't happen. I, I've never asked somebody to do something that I wouldn't do. And I've never not done anything that I said I wasn't going to do to the best of my ability. If I say I'm going to do it, I may die trying, but I'm going to do it. And I'll give you credit. I've asked you stuff, and you said no. Yeah. But if you said yes, it happened, you yeah. know. If I can do it, then then I'm going to find a way. That's right. And that's just uh, that's the way my mom raised me. You know, uh, be a man of your word. If you say you're going to do something, you do it. You know, there's so many times I've seen in life where people say they're going to do something, and they're like, well, no, that's going to cost me more than what I thought it was. I'm not doing it. I'm that guy. If I go, hoof, well, it's going to cost me, but got to do it. I said, that's right. That's right. So, and that's, uh, that's just who I am. You know, that's right. I try to help everybody I can help. And, uh, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm, I'm going to work hard to do it. And, uh, but once again, I think that's what makes us strong is because everybody that we have on our, on our team, if they tell you they're going to do something, they're going to be there for something, they're going to help you, they're going to be there. That's right. And, and that's, you know, that's why we've handpicked the right people. Well, hey, Chris, I really appreciate you being on here with me today. Uh, where can we tell them again where you can check out blazer um socials there's blazer media uh, blazer social media the uh, blazer boats inc on facebook instagram uh blazerboats.com on there is a dealer locator you can go on there and find a dealer nearest to you if you don't find that dealer you can call the plant they'll direct you to me um if you just have a question Chris Williams on Facebook, shoot me a message. Um, I will get back to you as soon as possible. But if that doesn't work for you, uh, email address chris at blazerboats.com. Shoot me a message. I, I'd love to meet you. I'd love to talk to you, answer your questions, and 
Hey, I'd love to get you in a demo riding a blazer boat. I'd suggest just go on Facebook and tag you over and over and over <laughs> again in every post. That way, they, that's you, that's what he does to me. He just tags me, which a lot of my guys do, which is great. Because if you don't tag me, sometimes I'm driving down the road all day, and I just don't get a chance to look at Facebook when I pick up my phone and see that I've been tagged ten times, and I know it's something important. So uh, definitely, um, there's a couple owners pages. I invite you to join uh, Blazer Bass Boat Owners on Facebook and Team Blazer Bass Boat Owners on Facebook. Um, a lot of guys on there with a lot of knowledge. You can ask questions. They'll give you your honest opinions. Um, if you need me, go on there and, and tag me on theirs or, or, or ask a question. Someone's going to tag me. I'll be glad to answer it in any, you know, at any time. Well, thank you, Chris. Thank you all for watching. As always, Hunter Bogman Fishing, TikTok, uh, Instagram, Facebook, hashtag Hunter Fishes, and find me. Stick five on all the socials as well. Thank you all for watching episode two, and we will see you next time. Thank you, Chris. Thank you.